Hello, we are back once again. Welcome to the A to the K Wrestling Show. We are Carl and Anthony, and as always, this is Road Dog with A to the K's little known fact of the week. Yeah, oh, you didn't know. Oh yeah. So Anthony, it's award season. In this week's unique segment, we're going to be hosting the second annual A to the Knees. But Anthony, did you know Uncle Dave has got his own end of year awards? That's right. The Wrestling the Me- Observer Newsletter Awards. Really? Not the Melty Awards? <laughs> Not the, the Bad Melty Awards. No, uh, <laughs> I mean, in fairness, is has been going since like 1980 or something. So, you know, but still, they don't hold the prestige of ours. And that's what counts. You know what I mean? Nobody wants exactly. to win, um, you know, a Golden Globe. Everyone wants the Oscar, right? And, you know, that's what we exactly. do. And, um, that's the thing. and we know, we know, like everyone who won last year were absolutely made up, you know. Well, exactly. That's it, like. I'm sure. I'm sure they were. They definitely were. 100%. Um, but, I mean, one of them was even on the show once, so that's good. I not that, that we were good. influenced by that at all. <laughs> definitely not. Um, but yeah, so as you know, over the years in the Melties, uh, there's been a number of different categories. But there's only one person to have ever held the privilege of winning both the Best Gimmick Award and the Worst Gimmick Award, Anthony. Any ideas on I who assume, that might be? I assume different years, or could Meltzer just not make his mind up? Well, as a handy hint, I can tell you. These were won in two consecutive years. So in 2019, this individual won the best gimmick, and in 2020, they won the worst gimmick. And it's pretty what, big all right, can, can I cheat and ask, was this a shift in gimmick, or was it the same gimmick, but a different opinion the following year? Um, it was a very similar gimmick. Minor changes. 19, you say? 19 and 20. Very That's recent. Tough, that. That That's tough, tough, that one. That's tough, that one. That's re tough, that. There we go, cutting our audience in half there, Carl. <laughs> um, I don't know, I, f- I feel like it might be like, um, trying to think, 19. It, could it be like a big fish, like Roman Reigns? He's always oh. up and down. He's always polarizing. Seth, I can tell you. Be Seth. I can tell you. He's a big fish. But I can tell you it's neither of them two. Shall I put you out of your misery and tell you who it is? Yeah. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Um, so he won the 2019 Best Gimmick Award and then won the 2020 Worst Gimmick Award. So Was, it burnt, was that Burnt Face Fiend? Like. <laughs> burnt Face Fiend. Um... <laughs> Anyone who hasn't checked out Burnface, face, man, it's 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 high quality. It's like, oh, I don't have that power. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a weird, um, weird that was. In, a, in the best kind of way. Certainly was. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite an interesting one, that isn't it? Like, or, you know, obviously they burnt him alive in 2020, so there was that. But gimmick wise, he didn't really change massively. So maybe they just got no. tired of it. Strange one. I mean, subsequently, I mean, WWE went on to release him. So it it was kind of more watered down. Not. Deliberately so, but you know when you mm. consider like the they introduced him like having a buddy in Alexa and being vulnerable to fire and RKO's, which naturally all of us are. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I can see why it. One point. So I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. So there you go. That was eight of the keys. Little known fact of the week, and wow. this is Road Dog. To sing us out. Oh, you oh, didn't yeah. know! Oh, yeah. So, Anthony, it's that time. It's time to do This Week in Wrestling. And it's time to kick things off with WWE. So, let's head over to Monday Night Raw and chat about our first highlight this week. So, for me, the first highlight is AJ and Omos appear to be splitting up, Anthony. I spoke about this. Um, it was my, you know, it's on my wish list for this year to happen. Um, and based on the end of Raw, yeah, well, not God. the end, but <laughs> the end of their match on Raw this week, um, it seems that's going to be the case. I almost walked off in a, a little bit of a hissy fit, and uh, AJ was like, "Almost no, don't go." Um, and I was yeah. like, "Yes, no, never, never come back." No kid. Um, almost is obviously, uh, you know, mega monster guy, but AJ is wasted in the tag team division, I think, and. Should be doing more. Oh, so, Omos is mega monster guy. I totally disagree with that. 
I would sum okay. it up as tall fella. He hasn't done anything else. <laughs> anyway. Okay, I'll take that. Tall lad. Tall lad Omos. Um, TLO, that's what we're going to call him. But... His skills are summed up by being able to read shit off the top shelf. That's about <laughs> it. I don't see him do anything in the ring. Although, to be fair, you know, you've got you've to gotta respect that. You know, I mean, I know I do. You know, supermarkets and stuff, shelves. Yeah, come in handy. That I, only reason I'm throwing shade, Carl, because like we're both short asses, really, especially in comparison to him. So, well, yeah, don't like so him. But still, don't like um, him. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's a good thing if they actually follow through with it, um, because yeah, AJ deserves to be doing something more than this. You know, he's one of the best wrestlers in in the world. Um, so for him to be floundering in a non-existent tag team division in the degree isn't the best use for him in my opinion so if they break up then good news as far as I'm concerned so highlight from me okay uh, my next one fair short and sweet Carl because nothing you wouldn't expect uh, I've got to give a highlight to The Miz and Edge and their promo work mm-hmm. can't fault them I am honestly not a feud I thought I would be into like just in in the sense of like somebody's like who do you want Edge to fight next it was never going to be The Miz on my list I'll be honest with mm-hmm. you but um the drawing me in and the, the working well together and uh, I, I'm actually looking forward to where this is headed and again I think they killed it this week just like they've killed it before you know it's a very good point though I think obviously when Edge came back we were like oh he's, you know, if only he'd work with someone like Seth Rollins I was like da-da that's happened we had Orton we had Rollins and then it's like the Miz um, but yeah to be fair like these two have been killing it you know excellent promos in their own right and I think that has like shone through so if you can have something um you know, in the ring that emulates how good they've been on the mic, then I think it'll be a pretty decent view. In some senses, I don't know how you feel about this, but it's nice to see The Miz doing something, like, that's not, like, goofy skits and stuff like that. Mm. Like, he's very good at the the goofy stuff. I'm not saying they have to get rid. He's he's good at what he does in terms of being that comic foil. But, do you know, and this might be an over-exaggeration when I say it, but he was on the verge of becoming, like, the R-Truth type character and it's no disrespect to R-Truth when I say this but R-Truth is at a point now where he's like he's the one they wheel out when they want a bit of comedy yeah but like the Miz has worked his ass off to be a really great wrestler and it's nice to see him get back into something that is going to display that skill you know yeah definitely agree with you um, no it's 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 a weird one because obviously Morrison got released um, mm-hmm. as Edge referenced the previous week on Raw Um which is you know, a, a mixed reception on that. But, no, it is nice for the Miz to be, you know, I'd, I'd almost say back where he belongs, but, like, literally he won the WWE title not too long ago, so he's not really had that much of a fall from grace. Obviously, that was a big shocking moment because no one expected it. But Okay, but it was only a shocking moment. Like, it was done mm-hmm. to hand over the belt to someone else, wasn't it? Which, again, was annoying in itself. But... Yeah. But, no, um, agree with everything you said. I think this is shaping up to be something nice, if not unexpected. Um and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes as well. So, yeah, agree. Highlights from us. Um, the next one to talk about, the main event of Raw. It delivered, in my opinion, Liv Morgan, Becky Lynch. Um, you know, however many years it was, uh, forgive me, I, I forget the uh, how long it was, but seven. obviously, well, since Trish and Lita, so probably a bit more than seven. Just, um, I decided seven. It's a okay. good number. We'll go seven, why not? Um, but yeah, you know, the... Uh, the kind of time from when Lita and Trish main evented on that Raw, uh, which was a groundbreaking moment for the women's division all them years ago, we get, obviously, um, you know, part of me wants to think they didn't just put these two together because uh, Becky's a ginge and uh, Liv is blonde. It was like, yeah, <laughs> let's do that again. Um, but no, for me, you know, I've been saying for ages that Liv Morgan is a future champ and I'm made up that she is in this position. And I think that she can absolutely get that belt at some point and hopefully soon. Um, and, you know, fair play to Becky. I think she is a big advocate of Liv uh, behind the scenes. And so whether she requested this, whether it's WWE is doing, I'm not too sure. But, you know, match-wise, it definitely delivered. And, you know, the finish was what it was. I'm not a fan of these little, I'm just going to hold the rope, um, but not really get any leverage, but I'm just going to hold the rope. Like, you know what I'm like, you know, you know what I'm like about pins. Uh, I, I do know what you like about pins. So, there you go. You need to absolutely be trying your best to kick out of it, but also just holding the rope doesn't give you any advantage. If you're holding the rope and, like, using it as leverage, it does. But, you know, when Becky just goes, oh, I'm holding the rope now on two and a half, it doesn't do anything. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That aside, I think it was a really good main event, and I'm proud of 
um, live for getting that main event moment, and hopefully she can get there. And uh, I, lo- I love it. I love the sentiment. Live, if you're listening, we're proud of you. <laughs> There's two old farts <laughs> from from the wrestling podcast world. We're proud of you, kid. Um, <laughs> but no, definitely, I think um, you know, day one, it seems like they've announced now it's going to be a rematch. So. Who knows, that could be the moment. Um, hopefully they do pull the trigger on it because I think she deserves it. Um, she's had so many, you know, um, near kind of near chances with it all and it's never kind of come through. So She's going to yeah. shock the world in the rematch. She's going to get her in 23 seconds. <laughs> nah, they haven't done that in uh, like about a week. So. <laughs> um, so, yeah, highlight from me. That's fair. So, Carl... I'd like to say a nice warm welcome back to NXT. Um, oh, they made a highlight this week. Um, and I said, I've said a few times, I, I've sort of remained on the fence with 2.0 because um, there's, it's still finding its feet as, as a reshaped brand. However, this week we had uh, TakeOver, not just TakeOver, we had the last TakeOver as um, they're now abandoning that name usage, evidently, which is a shame in a sense. I'd love to know how you feel about that. But, as far as highlights go, Carl, um, we had TakeOver War Games, um, and all the, my main highlights coming from this is going to be the actual men's War Games match. Um, it was, honestly, overall, it was a great, fun match. Um, I love the aspect of doing the old uh, black and gold versus the new up-and-comers. Um, I like the fact that they, they uh, booked it well enough that everyone sort of got their moments and got their sort of bit of time if you will in the spotlight and honestly how can you not appreciate the um the sort of send-off really for gargano who um I, i'm not even sure if it's still fully confirmed at this point but it seems almost uh, conclusive that he was going i mean this was very much like a like a goodbye um and yeah how can you not just thoroughly enjoy this match overall so it's got to be a highlight this week yeah i think i will agree in terms of obviously the uh, match itself i think I agree, everybody got a moment to shine, which is important. Uh, Gargano, obviously, for everything he's done for that company over the last few years, um, absolutely a wonderful send-off for him. For me, the only kind of downside to it all was it was a bit on the nose, wasn't it? It was like, NXT 2.0 is better than the gold one, and we're going to just do that by a War Games match, and that's how you'll know. I know what you mean, but at the same time, I prefer, even if it's on the nose, I prefer that to... Here's a pointless match we've slapped together. Yeah, I suppose. You guys hate each other now for no reason. Off you pop. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, I just like the fact that there was almost a reason for the uh, the battle, if you will. So yeah. um, I do appreciate that it is fairly on the nose, but um, I don't know, it's better than having, as we've saw with Survivor Series, it's better than having no reason at all. Yeah, very fair point, especially <laughs> you know with, with Survivor Series. Um, yeah, it does make sense. Obviously, the the rookies trying to go up against the you know, the, the veterans almost, you know, take away the NXT and the NXT 2.0. It is rookies against veterans and the rookies pull out the win. So, obviously, they're trying to it's highlight... Myself playing the, the, the stepdad to everyone. <laughs> obviously, crazy <laughs> bearded stepdad. Um, but, yeah, obviously, we had to highlight that the future's bright otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's you know. bright as fuck. Neon yeah. colours everywhere. Everywhere. Everyone's got them on. Um, but, yeah, no, I agree. I think it deserves to be a highlight uh, this week in Fair Play. Shame for the last ever um, takeover. I mean, yeah. Sorry, I did want to get your thoughts on that. I mean, you're uh, an NXT OG in a lot of senses. Like you, you've sort of fallen out with it in later years because it's not the NXT you knew. Uh, mm-hmm. And part of that was takeover. So, how do you feel about like them abandoning the takeover name? How about I let you know in your shades? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because it's on there. I tell sure. you. Um, is it? So we put it I think on. It is. I think well, it is. yeah, it is. So I think we'll talk Fair about enough. it then. Okay, um, okay, I'll give yeah. you that. I, I do have some things. I do have some things to say. Um, but Anthony, the final yeah. highlight I want to talk about this week is cool. we're going to head over to SmackDown. It's the final highlight, and it's the only highlight of SmackDown. And again, it is Brock Lesnar, Sami Zayn, and Paul Heyman. Um, so, you know, it's it's fantastic. Brock Lesnar is a fucking national treasure. I'm going to put it out Honest there. Honest to God, I'm <laughs> so glad. I'm so, so glad, right? Because they're keeping Brock around, but it's still, like... It's if they'd have just kept Brock around in the same way they had him, he rocks up, beats people up, and Paul talks for him. It'd have probably been really stale. I, I love what they're doing with him yeah. right now. I mean, to be fair though, right? You've got to you've got to wonder, haven't you? Like we're seeing a hell of a lot more of you know of Brock, 
I'm seeing a hell of a lot of less people that have been released from their contracts. Like, does he really cost that much per appearance? You know, normally he will rock up a couple of times a year, and it's like now he's on fucking every week pretty much, and it's good. But at the same time, is that because now they can afford him? I mean, maybe. Maybe. And if that's um, the case, we need the beast slayer back. Jesus Christ. Can't well, afford yeah. to keep losing people. Well, exactly. Um, but no, I think we're going to get on to, in the old shites, um, what it means to have a Romanless SmackDown. But, you know, considering Roman was not at the show this week, I think they did really well, um, you know, in this aspect with Paul Heyman and with Brock and that intrigue and... You know, it just it adds more layers to that story of like, well, why was Paul Heyman out there with Brock when uh, when Roman wasn't there? And it's like, oh, is that because there is something going on and stuff? Like, obviously, we're going to revisit that. It's not done. Um, so that was nice. And obviously, Sami Zayn has been fantastic in his little um, I love, role like, that he's had with Brock. I, I, I going slightly away from the Sami Zayn stuff, sorry, but I, I love the fact that like Paul Heyman is like in the attitude that this storyline would have existed. But Paul Heyman would have been a blonde with big tits. <laughs> like, I love the fact that it's essentially the same storyline. They're fighting over Paul, right? And it doesn't matter at all. The storyline still fucking works. It's brilliant. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a brunette with big tits, so it works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I have to give the highlight to, uh, to this segment on SmackDown this week. Nice. Totally agree. Um, you're the old shite as well, Carl. You've, you've booked it. So that you do the next talking as well. I just What's like that? the sound of my own voice so much. But I also, <laughs> you know what I like more than the sound of my own voice is Bad Mouth and Big E. So I'm going to do that again this week. Um, what the fuck was this promo that he did? Now, the graphic on the screen actually shows the match between him and Kevin Owens, which was okay. It wasn't good enough to get a highlight, um, but it wasn't bad enough to get no shout. Um, you know, as far as opening the match, uh, opening the show with a steel cage match, you would expect it to be a highlight. So you're right? saying but AO was okay. Hey, um, so yeah, it was all right. But what wasn't okay was Raw actually kicked off this week with a bunch of promos. Now it gave me a very old school feel, which I'm a big fan of, as you know. Early '90s, um, that's how they used to do a lot of like a lot of kind of match building and stuff like that. So they started off that way. Except Big E did a Booker T promo. I shit you not, he See? actually said the words, "You got to feel that, sucker." And I was like, are you shitting me? What are they doing? What are this, they doing? This, to me, highlights the problem that you've said from the off, that we don't have an issue with Biggie, right? And he so deserves to be in the position he's in. But at the same time, he hasn't really got a character. And I think this just, you've said this before, but I think this sort of highlights that because it's like, I'll just keep borrowing from other stuff until I find something. <laughs> I just, like, I, it couldn't be more on the nose if they tried, like, what even was that? The next thing he's going to do a fucking spinneroony. Who's I'd love to know if Booker T digged it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you know, weirdly, I've not seen it referenced a lot on the IWC. Um, no one's really kind of come out and been like, oh, that was a Booker T thing. But it was there, man. It was it was a fucking eh. rip-off. It was there. I saw it. You all oh, saw it. You're going to get a load of heat now. Oh, right, so he can't say sucker. So, like, Booker T's just the only one who can say sucker. You're going to get a load of shit for that. <laughs> well, you can give me shit five times, sucker, but it's still <laughs> Booker T's thing. So if Biggie's you know going to steal his they'll, shit. They'll call then... it now, and then next week, Biggie will rock up with dreadlocks, and everyone will be like, ah, shit, yeah, okay, he's, he's Booker T. <laughs> but, like, the thing is, I fucking love Booker T. Booker T was fantastic. The problem is, I want to love Biggie so much, but he's nothing. He doesn't know who he is. I say it every week. He's literally coming out and being this weird, like, New Day cast-off that, like, says random shit and gyrates and stuff and it's like he's our world champion really yeah. really but this i mean i Don't think this it. has always been the problem like we we can't take him we still can't take him seriously like and that's why roman is the only thing that you can uh, you can book right at the minute i'm gonna make a terrible comparative that will get people coming at me right oh go on big e, to, big e to me right now is if they would have put the title on um Fucking, what's his face? This is a terrible moment because I forgot his name. Who's the guy who did the web? It's not Tucky. What's he called? What the guy? Uh, Otis. Otis. Yeah, right. Big E is Otis right now. You know what? Like, I, we might get some hate for that one, but I totally agree. Like, it's like they've gone. Oh, the fans love him. 
And the fans loved Otis, just like the fans love Big E. And we do love Big E, but they weren't fleshed out enough to be a world champion. Not yet. Yeah. And yeah. I'm still... I was hopeful when, when he went into that programme with Roman for Survivor Series. I was hopeful they're going to try and build him up. They're going to try and book this right. And I thought they were making the right steps, but they still don't really know what they want him to be. No. no. So, yeah. Bad times. Bad times. Speaking of bad times, my next one, Colin. And I feel like I've said this before, and I'm going to be clear about this, that I have not an issue with women's wrestling. I have not got an issue with women's tag team wrestling, right? But I do have an issue with the women's tag team fucking titles and the women's tag team division because there fucking isn't one. <laughs> like, the women's division has been killing it on WWE. And, you know, the, I, I we said very early on AEW, like... WWE have got the better women's division. Like, mm -hmm. AEW are making some fantastic fucking strides now. And we are slowly getting to a point, and this might be a bit of a polarising one, where I'm actually starting to prefer the women's division over in AEW, even though it's smaller. Because, the like, how many how many wrestlers can you list right now in AEW? Women's wrestlers, Carl, who you think are fucking brilliant? A lot, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, and I'm, I'm all for women's tag titles, except... Every time they've had anything close to a decent tag team, they've they've split it up or messed it up in some way. Um, look at like the Riot Squad, for example. Um, like I don't know, they've they've ruined their own tag division. There was a time you can go, we've got the Riot Squad, we've got the Iconics. You know, we had whatever Natalia like was doing at that point, tag team with somebody. Um, <laughs> even like Shayna Baszler and um, uh, Jax. Nia Jax wasn't wasn't. You know, you, you end up learning to love it, you know what I mean? And mm. now we've got basically nothing. We've got literally two teams. And it's just like, what's the point? Like, yeah. And I said this, right? I said this, that you did. the women's tag titles should have been across all three brands. Mm -hmm. That's what it needed to be. And we've got women's tag titles on NXT and women's tag titles on the main roster. Uh, so women's tag scene on NXT, like, they've literally, who have they got to go up against? Not really anyone at the moment. And the same thing in the main roster division. Main roster division. Yeah, fuck it, we'll go with that. Um, yeah, just, I need to moan about it because it could be great. It's not about, a, a lot of people, if anyone listens to our show properly, they'll know that we, we're big fans of women's wrestling, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, they, it could be great if they actually, you know, cared. But it's not even like a women exclusive thing. Let's be honest, WWE don't really care about tag team titles anyway. WWE really really doesn't understand tag team wrestling. They no. literally just throw two people together and say they're a tag team now. Like, yeah. Rhea Ripley and fucking Nikki A.S.H. as a tag team, right? Okay. Yeah. You know, you can get it slightly more for Zelina and Carmella, maybe. But mm. it's just a mismatch of people that they throw together who they got nothing for. And um, the annoying thing is, because they've thrown it together and they wear people you'd put together, you always get that trope of, like, oh, can they coexist? And I, oh, that's getting on my nerves now yeah. as well. Well, exactly. But, like, to your point, though, like... It's not just exclusive to the women's division. Like this is this is the main oh shite this week. But look at look at the the main roster as well. There's hardly any real tag teams. They're like who look like tag teams. You know AEW off. You know off, you know three off the top of your head. You've got Young Bucks. You've got Lucha Bros. You've got FTR. You've got shitloads. Varsity yeah. Blondes. You've got some the sort of combination who, of the Dark Order. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the, there's so many actual tag teams that look like tag teams, and yeah. you know they're clear. I know that's a I will agree that's a massive bugbear when they put them together and they don't even try and like yeah wear, like look at like how how in um like Big Show and Jericho should never have really worked as a tag team. Yeah. They yeah. went all in with that. They had their own theme music together and everything. They went all in with that. Because shit. you know you know for a fact in the writers room they went right to come up with ideas Jerry Jericho Jericho Big Show Big Show Jerry Jerry Show Jerry Show tag team Chris because Jericho and Big Show. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened, right? <laughs> and then you look and, like, uh, you know, a team we didn't even name, uh, the Acclaimed. How fucking good are the Acclaimed? Like, yeah. it, it's night and day, you know, tag team-wise. Um, even mm -hmm. in uh, in AEW, you've got, you know, Tay Conti and Anna Jay that, you know, get put together and stuff. And it's like they look, look and feel like a tag team. But that's the thing. When they get put together, they go, well, let's coexist. So then you, you get the name. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it's as simple as TJ, but it works. Um, they, they try and sort of thematically look like they are a team. And um, it just works better. But look at, like, okay. again, the, the parallel with WWE of going, well, Shayna and I are a team, but you wouldn't know unless they're actually in a match because they don't try and be a team. I mean, put it this way, think, think, you know? think, think of all the greatest tag teams over the years, like the Legion of Doom, 
you know, the natural disasters, um, demolition, boys. the Dudley boys, you know, boys. they've got tag team names. It's not this wrestler and this wrestler. And that's what this is. It's, you know, yep. Ray Ripley and Nikki yep. ASH. It's Zelina Vega and Carmella because they're thrown together. They're not a tag team. Honestly, I'm starting to think WWE have probably got a bigger history of getting a tag team and then splitting them up than they have of actually making good tag teams. Yeah. Thinking of Dudley Boys as an example, because they were a tag team before WWE was split up. <laughs> the reverend Then they were like, Devon, you should be a reverend. Bubba, yeah. you should go new, over there. A new follow-on t-shirt from Get Push Change Release should be fucking something around, you know, tag team, split up fucking bury and then release because that that is the <laughs> the formula for the tag team division or right you go right so we've got heavy machinery that you know that whole redneck style that we go back to every once in a while that's working people are loving it people are really loving that Otis fella let's give him a singles run actually that didn't work but we've sacked his mate so let's just team him with um, uh, Shorty J let's team with Shorty J we'll make a new team and you know what fair play to them I'm not even trying to insult them too much they're trying to make that shit work <laughs> yeah but that was just a random pairing as well because basically yeah. they were like, well, sorry, Otis, we got rid of Tucker. Yeah. Fucking disgraceful tag divisions. Anyway. It is. So, yeah. So, as I was saying, <laughs> that's an O'Shea. <laughs> yeah. The whole tag division in WWE is an O'Shea. Um, yeah, so, the next one to talk about, we're going to go back over to NXT. And people who watch this show or listen to the show know that it ain't my forte. Um, so I will wax lyrical about uh, you know any chance I get to uh, badmouth NXT, and this is a great example. So we had Duke Hudson taking on Cameron Grimes in a hair versus hair match. And what I got to ask is, why? Why did it have to happen? That's the simple um, answer. <laughs> uh, the simple question, even because there's only ever one good hair match, Carl, and that mm -hmm. was Kurt Angle versus Edge. Yeah. Well, well to be fair, to be fair, I will. Have to fight the corner for Mighty Molly or Molly Holly in this instance because fair play to her. Fucking hell. No, yeah. I I admire Molly's drive to be to get women featured on WrestleMania. I admire that. But the actual hair versus hair match, there's only ever been one good hair versus hair match. <laughs> it was Kerr okay. versus Edge. Okay, okay. Um, Look at the, I mean, the mileage they got out of that Kerr played that for fucking months afterwards. Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, Kurt's a ledge, really. Um, he is an absolute ledge. But yeah, no, I think, you know, hair versus hair matches or hair versus mask matches, whatever, they're a long story tradition in the wrestling world. And to your point, you know, they're usually not very good. Um, but this one, the whole story is built behind. I just don't get it. I've never really got it. It's like, well, Cameron Grimes, yeah, you look like a bit of a scruff. You're a millionaire and then you weren't and then... Now you want to date people, and but you know you don't look like you're good enough for, to date people. So I don't know. Let's make a match where maybe you'll get your hair shaved. And then they don't even do it to Cameron. Exactly. And it's like, what is the point of it? I don't. It was it was pointless anyway. And the guy you think was gonna get it done to him didn't even fucking get it done. Yeah. Anyway, the whole thing is pointless. Um, you know, I can again, I can talk a lot about Cameron Grimes. Yeah. Like, there's something in there, but it's just yeah, it's it hasn't been coming out. Uh, we'll say that. So yeah, and honestly, like they, they feel even more pointless when you've been watching wrestling as long as us, and you know that nature always wins when it comes to a hair versus hair match. Well, exactly. Like we oh, can no. see Sean, we can see Triple H. Like they lost, they lost, man. <laughs> they lost bad. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm afraid I'm going to stick with NXT, Carl. Um, for the O'Shites, and I feel bad because the first time we talked about them in a few weeks, and more of them are O'Shites, but. You know, you've got to call a spade a spade, as the old term goes, I suppose. Um, so, and it'd be no surprise, because I think last time I mentioned him, uh, it was an O'Shite as well. And it was uh, Joe Gacy versus uh, Roderick Strong. And this, the reason it's an O'Shite is because these two actually could work well together. And to be fair to Joe Gacy, I'm not totally complaining about him. He's a, he's, he's a good in-ring worker. These two could have had a really good match. But the whole thing is plagued by this just really poor sort of gimmick that Joe Gacy's got and this whole thing they've got with um, Haaland. I, I just, it's not working. It's certainly not, well, I can't say that generally, not speaking for the, every every fan. It's not working for me and therefore I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I would agree. I'm, I'm big intrigued by Haaland. I think he could be something um, very big uh, in the future. But, you know, he's very green yeah, he's at the same bad. time. 
But um, Joe Gate. <laughs> but Joe Gacy, on the other hand, I'm just, yeah, I'm not feeling it. I don't think a lot of people are, really, in this match. It just kind of feel like, okay. Um, I feel like, like, and this might be a bit dramatic, I feel like Joe Gacy's gimmick is so bad that this might fuck his career straight out of the gate. Well, man, don't be so woke about it. Cool. Just um, the, the minute he's there, like, this is a safe space, and they're trying to be so fucking political about that kind of... Um, Mentality. It's like now that you, you've he's going to be plagued with that shit now. Like, and it might be over dramatic, but it, like uh, he's going to have to have some time away and get completely retooled. Maybe. I mean, how can you retool a tool? So I will. So the next one to talk about. So it's interesting. This. So we've got it down in the notes. Um, it's the last ever takeover. I actually don't even think this was a takeover. I think I'm the last sure ever takeover. Takeover war games. You know. I don't think this one was. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. You, you carry on. I'm gonna Google that while you. Speak. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I'm hoping you are. The sentiment rings true. I think whether this was the last takeover or whether the last takeover was before this one, as someone who has loved um, NXT, uh, you know, in the older times, I think it's a weird thing to think that they won't be running any more takeovers anymore. So, in terms of what that means, you know, whether it's just the frequency of them, whether it's, you know, they're only gonna do events kind of coinciding with big pay-per-views like WrestleMania and, and so on and so forth. Um, remains to be seen. But, yeah, I think War Games, as a concept, you know, it was nice to bring it back a couple of years ago. Whether or not it's still okay. relevant now, I'm not sure. I'm going to have to give it to you, dear Carl. So, this was the first War Games to not feature the TakeOver name. I am completely wrong. The artwork, as you'll see, hang on, I can't see my own camera because I'm looking at my notes. Bear with me. <laughs> you'll see here on my on my phone, hang on, I'm over here. Yeah. No mention of TakeOver. And I know I'm relying on Wikipedia, but it says here that this was the first event not to carry the NXT TakeOver name um, since running from 2017 to 2020. And... Um, yeah, it, it used to be TakeOver War Games, and now it's just mm-hmm. War Games. And so this was not the last TakeOver. You're quite right. I've incorrectly said that uh, all during this podcast because I was utterly convinced it was. So there you well, go. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's still a no shite because, I, you know, I miss it. I miss TakeOver. Well, it's a it's, it's honest, a thing. If it made it feel like it was the underdogs, like, taking over and, you know, getting yeah. that screen time and stuff, and now it's like... Well, they've pretty much already admitted the back down to being a fucking development territory, and it's like now nah, they don't even get the chance to take over. It's just they've got. A couple this of might events. actually, yeah. um, this might actually add to that oh shite, to be honest, because I I was embracing that this was the last takeover, and it fucking wasn't. <laughs> That's how even more the last, so. The last takeover didn't even even show much impact. What's that about? What? So what was the last takeover? Carrying Cross and Samoa Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I guess so. Okay. Um, so yeah, the last takeover was shit, and the first takeover, less NXT pay per view, that wasn't a pay per view. I love the fact we still got War Games. Yeah, you do it better, but there you go. I just, I, I mean, we just need William Regal on the show just to do that every time we talk about it. Um, so yeah, so just wanted to throw that out there. You know, uh, takeover is gone, and it's it's bad, bad times. Speaking of bad times, Anthony, do you want to regale us with the final oh shite this week? Yeah, yeah, again, I don't think this needs to be a particularly long one, Carl, because uh, I know you're keen to talk about the news. I can see it in you. But uh, I've got to mention this one, Carl, and I think every everyone can agree worldwide, across the board, that um, a Romanless SmackDown is not a good SmackDown. And I think this week proved that it just doesn't... Co- we had one one decent highlight. Don't be wrong, there's not a great deal of oh shites either, but we had one decent highlight coming from it, and that was still kind of around Roman. But we didn't have Roman, and it's, it's a guy who used to hate Roman ever since he won the Royal Rumble without barely fucking being in it. I didn't like the guy, right? But he he's been a fantastic heel and he, uh, one of the best things in WWE at the moment, or if not the best thing in WWE at the moment. And you really do notice his absence. Yeah, no, no, yeah, genuinely, you you really do. Um, SmackDown just sucks when he's not on the show. Um, Unfortunately, you know, as it is, you know, Drew McIntyre, who I absolutely love, isn't doing great things right now. Um, and like even the main event this week, it was like a three-way tag team match with um, RK Bro, New Day, and 
was it Street Profits? I can't even remember who the fuck it was who was in it. Um, but why? It didn't really matter. Who cares? You know, they brought over RK Bro for no reason to be in there. Um, yeah. You know, without any explanation again, really. So it's just like, yeah, I just, I don't get it. So, yeah, I can care. SmackDown without Roman Reigns is a bad time. So, Anthony, ratings for WWE this week. I'm going to give it number two. Two out of five. Um, I'd probably agree with you. Got to be a two. I, I kind of maybe wants to go maybe a two and a half. I was debating it slightly because um, of the the war game stuff and the Gargano stuff. But then I look at Raw and I didn't really pull much out of like from Raw. And the only real thing I like from SmackDown was, was Brock, as you say. So there's just not a lot to pull from WWE at the minute. So, yeah, it's got to be a two. Okay. Glad we agree. So... Let's kick it over to AEW uh, with the first highlights. Um, what a polarizing thing to see. CM Punk comes out and cuts a heel promo in Long Island. Uh, it's obviously MJF's hometown. Conversely, MJF comes out to um, cheers and everybody absolutely loving him. Um, kind of felt a bit like an alternate universe. Felt like a bit of an episode of uh, A to the K's What If, if you will. Um, what but- is, Carl? Highlights it was, because uh, it reminded us the CM Punk can cut a hell of a heel promo. Um, you know he was he was he was ruthless when he, he was so bad going after the you know the crowd and stuff like that. Maybe one too many hockey uh, references. Anyone who doesn't watch the does, NHL, he does like his hockey. Loves his hockey. Loves his Blackhawks. But still, um, you know that reminded us the CM Punk can be a prick, and that that's a good thing. It's good to know. But weirdly, you know, seeing MJF oh. as a face. Yeah, I don't know how how I feel about it, it to be honest. No, I wasn't. I wasn't digging it. Um, you know, he was still MJF in the best way, but just everyone cheering him and stuff, and him kind of, you know, I don't know. I just don't like him coming across as a face, to be fair. But um, yeah, despite the whole you know Freaky Friday element to it all, ultimately it kept it building the hype uh, for their rivalry, which is which is the main thing. So, uh, despite obviously MJF going into the the diamond ring thing, but okay, so. I know this is a highlight, Carl. I do have to say one thing. And this isn't... I'm not being overly negative yet. But I just want to point something out. Daniel Bryan turned heel a lot more impactfully and a lot better than Punk did. Well, well, well. Let me counter that. And let me tell you. CM Punk has not turned heel. This was only because it was in Long Island. So I fully You can't be a dick for one week. I'm not being funny. I mean, you can. <laughs> I mean, I liken it to when Brett went to Canada when he was doing that weird thing he was doing. Where in Canada, he was loved. In the US, he was hated. So for me, you know, you've got the okay, good guy even... going to the, the the bad guy's hometown. The bad guy okay. is super over in his hometown. So it was... I'll get, okay, I'll, I'll accept that this might not be a permanent thing. But even so, the comparison is there for me that Daniel Bryan straight out of nowhere went and cut a heel promo. Mm-hmm. Punk's done the same thing, whether it's going to stick as a heel or not. And I think Brian did it better. And I'm not insulting Punk at all. It still deserves to be a highlight. He's still very good at it. I just think, whilst the comparison is there, I want to make it clear that Brian did it better. Much okay. like his whole career. Oh, <laughs> oh, here we go. Anti-Punk guy coming back. No, to be fair, um, I, have to, I have to counter it a bit because, yeah, I just think he, he was very much cutting a heel promo on Long Island. So... It's not like he's come out and just completely changed tact. Whereas so Daniel Bryan came out and was you like, "You hate Long Island as well." Yeah, fuck those guys. No, I don't. Of course, I don't. Saying? I mean, they're not as good as New Jersey, especially yeah. North Virgin, New Jersey, who are big fans of the show, as Damn we know. Right. Um, but yeah, so I think obviously, you know, he came out and he was gonna get booed. Um, obviously, MJF is is massive in Long Island. He is Long Island, <laughs> so. Um, you know, this was expected. It was a very polarizing thing to see, um, but I actually think they handled it quite well. Like Punk was very much just no, kind of like he didn't. I'm, he, I'm not insulting it. No, no, but I think like Daniel Bryan came out. Like a lot of people will argue the reverse. So I'm kind of agreeing with you in in, in a way. A lot of people will argue the reverse and say Doesn't Daniel Bryan. Feel like it. Well, just let, hear me out. Like a lot of <laughs> a lot of people will say like Daniel Bryan just turned heel like on a flip of a coin out of nowhere, and it was like, well, why is he a bad guy now? That makes no sense. Whereas CM Punk came out and he wasn't a bad... He hasn't turned heel. He's just basically going, look, you guys are cheering this dickhead. Like, I get that he's from your hometown, but he's a prick. That makes you pricks. 
So um, he's not a heel. He just really hates Long Island. You know, you've got to give him some vices. Yeah, you know? but yeah, but he's he doesn't hate Long Island. He's he's more like looking at the audience, going, "You are cheering this fucking absolute despicable human being in MJF." Like, what does that make you guys? And like, and like the Long Island fans are like, "Well, fuck you, we love that guy." So um, yeah, uh, so but you don't you don't go after their hockey man. That's not cool. <laughs> well, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. I don't know. I I, I thought no, it was. Um, I I'd say was I, I needed to mention off, it. It's, it's definitely a highlight. I'm not. I'm not um, disputing the fact that it should be a highlight. It is definitely a highlight. Uh, I just. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm on Team Brian. That's all I'm saying. Damn. Okay. Okay. Can't wait to face these it. two face off. Yeah. Well, these two motherfuckers will face off at some point. So um, I'm, I'm. I'm establishing it now. I'm on Team Brian when that happens. I love the next highlight that we're about to move on to. That I've I stitched I know you up with here. You bastard. <laughs> Tell but, him, Anthony. No, no, I actually, I do kind of agree for one very big reason. So I I read this before I saw it, right? And I even, I think, mentioned to you before I had any real context. I knew this match was going to happen and I wasn't pleased. And this was the fact that we now have the announcement that Cody Rhodes, I have to put Rhodes in there in case you weren't sure which Cody it was, <laughs> Um is going to be facing Sammy Guevara for the TNT title on a Christmas Day, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was disappointed when read it because I was like, I think I even said to you, ah, Cody, uh, he overbooks everything and he's probably going to make himself win. I'm not for it. This pisses me off. I'm really big on Sammy being a TNT title holder. I want him to hold it a bit longer, etc., etc. However, if we get a Cody that actually turns fucking heel, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even I don't want him to beat Sammy but if it means that Cody is going to acknowledge that he doesn't work as a fucking face I'm totally fine with it yeah it feels it feels to me very much like this is the setup for that so when exactly. when Cody came out when uh, Sammy was cutting that little promo I was like oh shit he is going full heel in front of our eyes we are getting what we want um, like I legitimately think and I will call it now he is going to beat Sammy on Christmas Day and people are going to fucking fume. Cody is going to ruin Christmas. I tell you right now, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> but, right, my prediction, and you can call me on this, right? Go on. The very I'm first Dynamite that ever happened, I watched it right here on this couch with my little boy. We watched it. I've got a video of him watching this opening match. The I really opening hope match you met Dynamite. your son when you said that. Yep, this little guy right here. Yes, <laughs> my son. Um, we, we watched it together, the very first episode. I've got a little video of it. And the first match was Sammy Guevara taking on Cody fucking Rhodes. So wouldn't it be the perfect bookend for when Dynamite has its final run on TNT? And this is so fucking poetic. It's exactly what Tony would do, right? Wouldn't it be so poetic if Cody beats Sammy on Christmas Day and then the very final episode of Dynamite on TNT, the main event, bookending the fuck out of that show on TNT, is Cody versus Sammy Guevara for that TNT title, with Sammy winning it for a second time. Book it, that's what I'm saying. Any questions? You're a bookend. <laughs> um... No, that's, that, that's probably what Big E's new move's going to be, because... <laughs> but still. Love it. Um, no, um, as I say... it. It deserves to be a highlight. I don't mind being the one who had to talk about it. I will wait with bated breath to see what happens here. And I sincerely hope that... I'm not even... I say I'm not bothered about who wins. But if Cody wins this and is still too tone deaf to understand that he should have been a heel to do it, I'm going to be so pissed off. Why is everyone so, booing me? I don't understand. It's like, I'm your hero. <laughs> As, as, as someone brings him out a crown and a big fucking, you know, Uncle Sam jacket and he smokes a cigar, you know. Okay. Um, so. It's like, yeah, I just, um, I, I, I'll wait and see. But this week, I, I'm the way it was put across, I do agree with you. It feels like we might be getting it booked the right way. So I'm going to give it a highlight. I, I think it deserves that. Fingers crossed. Um, next highlight I want to talk about, Jamie Hayter taking on Rio. Um, this was so good, you know. You've got to give Rio a shitload of credit, right? It's so like good it, to have it, her back. It is. Do you know what? I, I think I said it previous weeks, maybe even last week, but Rio was just somebody I had absolutely no... I only know her from AEW. 
mm-hmm. and we didn't see a lot of her. So I just couldn't appreciate it. So many people were big on it, and she won, obviously, the women's title. It's the first one to hold the women's title, and I was like, wow, it's a lot of faith to put in it. I have no idea who she is. And, you know, yeah, like you say, surprisingly, it shouldn't be surprising if you follow New Japan. It wouldn't be. But for me, surprisingly good, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like fair enough. I get why they see so much in it. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I think as well, um, this is probably Jamie Hayter's best match that she's had so far. Um, mm. It was just really, really good. It was the, it was the perfect chemistry, I think, between the two of them. Um, it's so good when you see two wrestlers that have got fantastic chemistry together, and I think these two delivered on that front. It was um, a classic kind of underdog versus um, monster heel kind of match. Um, and so, yeah, I think Hayter looked fantastic. And, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm made up that we've got Rio back, um, and hopefully she's... Um, feature more prominently on the show so highlights from me yeah next one Carl hopefully you agree I'm, I think you'll agree because I think you're digging all this at the minute but um, well moving back over to Team Brian you know we had Daniel Bryan versus um, no we John. didn't Long John Silver we didn't have Daniel Bryan Anthony yeah we did no we didn't he's not real he's not real to you damn it the American Dragon versus Silver there you go. <laughs> um, uh, yeah Overall, I I really like. For starters, this in itself was a good match, you know. And last week he had a really good match with Johnny, uh, Johnny Hungy Carl. Sorry, I don't want to disrespect his nickname for you there, right? But I actually really like this whole thing that they're doing. Like, the, I think this is a really good way of executing him versus Hangman without just sort of. Because I think the trouble with a or the trouble AEW have got is that they want to hold matches for for like big pay-per-views or even just big weeks of dynamite but they're so few and far between like we're used to like when you look at other shows like wwe we're used to like a pay-per-view every month um and they they i understand they want to hold a match for maybe a pay-per-view or something like that and um sometimes it's just too long and you know you'd run out of sort of steam almost with what to do but i love the fact that because they've and i don't know I, i assume they did it deliberately over time but like you know, Hangman's never really been a part of the Dark Order, but he's always had that friendship and, and they were always trying to recruit him and he's always been sort of involved in that way. So the fact that Danielson is working his way through the Dark Order, I just think worked perfectly for this whole thing. I mean, we had not only the fact that, you know, Danielson's playing the heel fantastically well, you know, he wasn't just happy to get the win. Um, you know, he had to kick his head in, which is his thing. Um, and then obviously Hangman could then get involved and make the save, and it just keeps their sort of rivalry going without just it just being promo or a bit of a scuffle or you know what I mean. I I I don't know. I just I'm really enjoying the way they're building this because I'm so hyped for them to have a match, but at the same time, everything leading up to it's just been great fun. Oh yeah, I'm 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 a ma- like massive fan of the whole thing. I think it's a fantastic. But you're on way. Team Punk. I never hey, said man, that. I never you said just that. said you just said Punk's I better. Punk's said, a way better heel said. than Daniel will ever been. That's Listen. the thing. What you said. Listen, where are you Let let me cut a promo on your hometown. I'm still a good guy though. Um, right, I am a huge fan of this. I think Daniel. Um, no, Brian. Dan, it's your fault. Brian Danielson um, has been fantastic um, in this uh, whole thing. I I love the way he's just absolutely decimating Dark Order. Now, interestingly, Hangman came out on um, I think it was uh, Renee Paquette's uh, show basically saying that he wants to be more of a fighting champion and he hasn't had a match since he won the belt, so it's a bit weird for him. Um, so that that was an interesting take. But at the same time, I like the fact that they've kept um, Brian Danielson away from him uh, by kind of going this route of, uh, you know, picking apart the Dark Order to, you know, prep for him or whatever, basically. So it's a weird one. Like I don't know why Hangman hasn't had any matches in this time. But I do love what um, Danielson's doing and kind of picking apart the Dark Order and, you know, Hangman coming out and, like, effectively their match is booked and set for tonight. I actually can't wait for it. Um, but, yeah, I think... Is there a match tonight? It is. Winter is coming, Anthony. Winter is, is coming. Is Wyndham coming? That's the, that's, that's the other question. I, I, yeah. I, I, you know what? Yeah, fair enough. I mean, <laughs> I, I love the graphic. Have we got any, any rumours to suggest that, have we, or...? No rumours, just uh, pure speculation, I think. Um, and probably pure disappointments, because it probably won't happen. But still, um, it sounds good. Wyndham is coming. Who knows? Um, it could even be Kyle O'Reilly is coming, in which case, yeah. I mean, 
honestly, I I, I want to love AEW. I really do. But if Kyle O'Reilly turns up, <laughs> the winter is coming. I, like I, I can't defend that shit. I like, mean, that would be the are, most disappointing thing that could fucking happen. They are destined to get the undisputed era back together. I, 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 I don't mind him turning up, but don't act like he's a big deal. <laughs> like no oh, offense. Yeah, I don't get it either. I'm on your side, but anyway, um, in terms of this uh, particular thing, yeah, I can't, um, I can't agree more. I think uh, Danielson um, has been on a fantastic. Uh, kind of tear the last couple of weeks just absolutely having fantastic matches and John Silver Johnny Hungy is just fantastic you know obviously it was Alan Angels last week and no disrespect to him um, but Johnny Hungy delivered significantly more like I thought it would do so great match um, obviously Hangman making the save at the end just continues their little rivalry as well so yeah agree 100% um, so switching things up over to uh, Rampage this week Lucha Brothers, FTR, not too much to say about this. How can these two tag teams put on a bad match? They can't, simply they can't. put. It's um, impossible. Fantastic tag team action. You know, Ray Phoenix, fucking the best wrestler probably in the world at the moment. Uh, Pentagon, amazing as well. FTR, He's almost one of the, the best, tag the best teams. Lucha Ray that exists. <laughs> oh. That's right. Oh. That's right. That's it. He went there. He went there. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. So not not you know not too much to actually call out specifically, but you know just great tag team wrestling, something we don't see a lot of in other promotions. So mm. yeah, great all around, I would say. Do you know what? In a similar vein, Carl, my next one is actually um, st- sticking with Rampage, obviously um, the women's three v three. And whilst it's it's sort of tag team wrestling, I think again I always worry about matches with so many participants. I've said it many a time. It's something that I've seen like, and this isn't exclusive to WWE, but I've seen a lot of promotions struggle to execute these without it feeling too messy. However, this match was I really enjoyed this match, and I thought it was a great opportunity for some sort of pairings that you wouldn't typically get. If you know what I mean, so like when you get the likes of possibly like Nyla and Anna Jay, for instance, and bits like that. Um, mm. Yeah, I think it it's uh, it was just a great display for all of them, and I think it worked for all of them as well. I think everyone got their time, and nothing felt a bit odd. The oddest thing about it, in all honesty, was probably the fact that uh, Ruby Soho was the um, the third sort of third member of Team TJ. Like the for me, I hadn't really that kind of come out of nowhere. But again, it was your typical. Good, good girls, good girls. That, that feels weird saying like a good guys versus bad guys. Um, so yeah, it, it still worked, but th- that was probably the oddest thing in it. That it's like, well, why are these? Why are these three? But you know, I can answer that. So, I can answer one. it. Um, so I believe we are getting Ruby Soho versus Nyla Rose in the next round of the um, tournament eliminator, and I believe Nyla. Um, got Penelope Ford and um, the buddy has like um, basically paid them to be the be her extra pair of hands to beat the shit out of Ruby Soho, and then um, TJ made the save. That's the so kind of setup for it. Is is the bunny sort of um, following her husband in the paid for protection kind of? Seems approach? to be, but so does Penel- uh, Butcher and Blade were originally um, MJF's protection, weren't they? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think they're part of uh, the, you know, HFO or whatever it's called, if that still even exists. And on Mahard, he's having a bit of a gimmick change himself at the minute, isn't he? So, um, I, I don't even know what's happening with Mahard anymore. Oh, it's good news, Anthony. I don't think the HFO is going to carry on, which is which is great oh. for all of us. But I think, again, I think he's just going to be Mahard. If they acknowledge something isn't working and deal with that, I'm happy. But it was not working. Never worked. It wasn't. Um, but this match did, and I agree with you. I think... To your point, it is nice to see matchups that you wouldn't normally see. So, you know, when would they ever book the likes of Nyla Rose versus Anna Jay, for example? But we got to see them in the ring together, um, which I thought was and really good. I think it's only fair to say that, again, you know, Penelope Ford, anytime we get to see her wrestle, because she is amazingly talented and we just haven't seen a great deal. Well, certainly in the first year of AEW, we never saw a great deal of that. Anytime she's in a match, I think it's, it's a great um, sort of display of what she can do. Future world champion, as far as I'm concerned. Agreed. 100% agreed. Um, and then, the next one, and the final one. They sent in Hook, Anthony. They fucking sent him in. Um, and holy shit, what a great debut for someone. I, like, I, 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 I legit, 
I legit thought he was a meme, right? We're on the Reddits, we're on the squared circles, right? And <laughs> we're down Hook, with the kids, we know what a meme is. <laughs> Hook is, you know, the biggest meme of 2021 in terms of the wrestling community, in my opinion. But then, boy, did he prove these fans of him, you know, who viewed him as a meme, absolutely fucking right. He was you awesome. I also, as you know, Carl, only found out this week <laughs> that he's actually Taz's son. I know, yeah. Like, Anthony was like, did you know this? I was like, okay, he's trolling me. Anthony likes to fucking take the piss a lot. Um, and I was like, okay, he's taking the piss. But it was like, no, yeah. Um, the more you know. Like, I legit didn't know. It was a few times people were going, oh, his, his father, Taz. And I'm like, are they saying that like because he's like the, the like the leader of the group or something? And I'm like, but they don't do that with anyone else. Right? They, no, Anthony. And I, I, I he's end up Googling a, it and it's like, Oh shit! He's a reverend on the side. You don't know this, Father Taz. <laughs> Father Taz. Um. <laughs> um, so yeah. I, that added something to me because obviously he finished this match with um, the Taz mission. He did. Um, um, he did. He did a lot of uh, a lot of Taz moves. He did like the uh, T bone suplex um, stuff that Taz would do as well. So, but my, like my God, he was so good. He was so agile, and he was. Yeah, he, I don't know what it was. It was almost like. The only thing I can liken it to, and this is going to sound really weird, and I don't mean it to sound derogatory to either party, but it was like when I first saw Ronda Rousey do the I was just like, I wasn't expecting much, and I was I like, holy shit. I think that is a very fair comparison, you know. Um, I was actually like, oh my god, like he's actually really good. So, fair play to the guy, but another fun fact for you, Anthony, do you want to know why it's called Hook? Go on. Because Taz is from the Red Hook section of Brooklyn, and that's how he's got his name. I thought Taz was from Tasmania. Ah, that was like the Tasmanian Devil character that played. Oh, okay. Um, um, yeah. See. So yeah. So they sent in Hook. Um, I'm trying, and... to, trying to think of a funny place now. Like it's a good deal you went from this place, but I can't think of one. <laughs> um, like Peen, Mississippi. From Cockermouth. Yeah, there you go. Yours is better. Um, so yeah. So that was AEW this I week. I do need Anthony. to ask you. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no. I just ask you one thing about the whole Hook situation. Come on. So. Rightly so, in a lot of senses, the fans are kind of giving themselves the credit for Hook being so over because he was a meme and he was pushed so um, readily by the fans. I want to know personally from you, Carl, who would you give the credit to for getting Hook over? Because I feel like the reason he exists as a meme is all thanks to CM Punk. The fans played their part, yes, but Punk started that. So does Punk get the credit for him being so over? Oh, you're on Team Danielson. Mm-hmm. I am. <laughs> but um, I'm just curious because obviously it wouldn't have worked without the fans getting behind the meme. He wouldn't be so over and it wouldn't have been oh. a thing. But the reality is Punk started that. So do, do we do we thank Punk for, for Hook being so over on his debut or is this something that we give the fans credit for? I don't know. Like To be fair, I think it, it's, it's probably fan-generated, I think. Um, when he first came out, before Punk even arrived at the company, people were like, you know, making jokes and stuff like, okay, yeah, he's going to be fucking this, that, and the other. So I think it started before then, but then obviously Punk tapped into that and tried to elevate I just it feel like, even further. As far as memes go, people gravitated to the send in hook thing, which is obviously the line from Punk. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, no, I think, it's, I think it's, it, but that's yeah. the point. I was just curious how you felt about it. Yeah, no, I think he was starting to be a bit of a meme, and then Hook kind of tapped into that for, the, for that crowd pop. Um, it was like I say, sending hook and people. Say, instead of instead of like punk being like um, you know cutting edge and one of the best things in wrestling, you're saying that he just jumps on the back of trends. Is that what you're saying? No, no, he's not. I can't believe edge. you say something like that. He's live straight on edge. He's straight edge, not cutting edge. Oh my bad. Um, but yeah, so Anthony, that was AEW this week. Um, I'm going to give it a three. Um, now you know I gave it be a two this week, so people might be like, okay, I expected higher. Um, problem was, I think Rampage was fantastic, um, as it typically is. Um, but Dynamite, even though it had some great, you know, great bits overall, it felt like the pacing was just a little bit off um, this week. I don't really know what it was. It just, it didn't feel like a very cohesive Dynamite, unfortunately. So, um, but you know, there was no O'Shites, and I think with just a little bit more kind of um, focus and some more high-profile matches on the show, it definitely would have elevated that score. But for me, it gets a three. Yeah, I've got to agree with you on three, to be honest. It definitely deserves a higher ranking than WWE as far as booking goes this week. However, 
it's not the strongest week we've ever had from AW, and largely down to Dynamite, as you say. Rampage, I like totally agree. It's been impressive since its inception. I think they're very careful because of the shorter time they've got. And it shows because it's booked solid most of the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I will, I'll have to agree with you on three, mate. I can't argue with any part of that as much as I really, really want to. <laughs> um, so, you know, a topic for another, another segment maybe, but I wonder whether the fact of people's attention spans being diminished to the point where we can't actually concentrate for, you know, two hours, let alone three hours, whether or not that has some kind of factor into why we think Rampage is awesome. But we'll get Maybe. on to that. Maybe why we um, all think Hook's awesome as well. See, that's the guy from my phone! <laughs> he's right there, he's gone. Yeah, it's great. Um, so, yeah, so, um, that was this week in wrestling. Um, nothing to cover from the other shows this week, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, another fun-filled week. Uh, we are going to be covering the much-anticipated second annual Eight of the Canies award oh, show this week. Yes, you have. Um, we've got some here. breaking news as well this week. Kevin Owens resigns with WWE, as well as some Ring of Honor stars that are potentially heading to AEW. So make sure you check out this week's Ringside Report. And we will be back with those segments after some words from the wonderful Thunder Rosa. Peace. Hey, everybody. This is Thunder Rosa, and you're watching or listening A to the K. 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 A to the